time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. So this morning, we're going to talk about something that I believe in. We have gotten so far away from. And I've looked looked over the last five or six years, and I could just see a decline in the church. I can see a a moral decline in in the world. And today, we're going to be talking about 1 Corinthians chapter 13 which is the love chapter. And right now we're living in a time and age where nation is rising against nation out of hate, where churches are fighting against churches out of hate, where brothers and sisters are fighting against each other out of hate because we don't love one another. We have every race in this country fighting against each other. Racism in this country and this world is stronger than it's ever been. And what are we doing? What are we doing as men and women? What are we doing as Christians to combat this? I think in the Bible when it talks about when people revile against you and they hurt you and it says to turn the other cheek, I think we've taken that scripture and now we turn our other cheek before we even have a chance to get to know them. Because everything that we see on TV, everything we see on Facebook, everything that people tells us is don't trust people, don't love people, don't give them a chance to hurt you. And I'm going to say something different today. I'm going to say we need to get back to that. I'm going to say we need to get back to where we got to let them walls down. We got to break them barriers. We got to break them down and and start loving people through some things. Amen. So turn in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And I don't got a long message. I'll try to have you all out of here by 3 o'clock. Is that okay? Uh, 2.30. Praise the Lord. First Corinthians chapter 13. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels and do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. So I spent some time this week and, and last week reading the scripture and just studying over that, trying to figure out what a resounding gong is and what, what clanging brass is. And you know what I come up with? It's just noise. Just a bunch of noise. And if you're out here telling, hollering, telling, hey, Brother Tim... You know, I'm here, I love you, I support you, and you can't come along and love me when I need you, when I, when I need your support, and you move on, that's just a bunch of noise, okay? There's a, we have a lot of people now that are given a bunch of noise. We're given a bunch of lip service and no life service. We tell you we love you. We tell you we want to support you. We, we offer everything we have, but when you need it, we're gone. Dwayne told me a story. He had, there was this guy at another church, and he would always run around the church, and, hey, brother, how are you doing? He was one of them type A personalities, always hopped up, always giving people, you know, God is so good, praise the Lord. And when he got up to this one guy, and he said, hey, praise God, how are you doing? The Lord is good. And the guy said, well, you know, I'm not really too, doing too well. And so the guy said, well, praise God, hallelujah, and he took off. And I think sometimes we do that. If you're going to take the time to ask somebody how they're doing, at least take the time to love them through it. It doesn't matter if you can speak with every tongue in the Bible. It doesn't matter if you can speak with every language in the world and understand all prophecies. That means nothing to somebody who's broke, busted, and disgusted. Does that make sense? And I used to be that guy. I used to think that I had to take the scripture 
and go out and tell people, well, this is what is wrong with your life because it says right here in 1 Corinthians, and that's how you're going to fix it. And it was just cold. And it's good that we understand the Scripture. It's good that we have the Scripture in our heart. But sometimes, sometimes you just got to love. You know, sometimes you got to love some people through some things. I've had people love me through some things that shouldn't have loved me at all. So it's, it's important that you know the Word. It's important that you study because there's going to come a time when that Word is going to come out and you're going to have an opportunity to bring somebody out of something through Scripture. But, you know, this morning, we had such a great uh, men's group this morning. Brother John, he just never ceases to amaze me. If you don't know Brother John, he's the biggest guy in the room. You just go up and say hi. And he's all muscle. He's all muscle. He had a, a, a message this morning, and he had three boxes, okay? And the first box was Christian A. The box was empty. The second box was Christian B, and the box had some good fruit, some bad fruit, and the third box was a box of kolaches and donuts, a good fruit that Adrian just about destroyed, okay? <laughs> he did. And that was a representation of who we are as Christians. And it just made me think, you know, that first box that's empty... The first box that's empty, how do we, when we're Christians, we don't know how to love. We need people to love us. Does that make sense? We, just, we need people to love on us because we don't have enough. We haven't started bearing fruit yet. And so we're empty. All we know is that we need Jesus. And all we know is that we're hurting. And so if you come and start blasting scripture at me, I'm just going to tune you out. Because it doesn't mean nothing to me. What means something to me is when you come and hug my neck. They say, you know what, brother, I can't fix all your problems, but I can get you a tank of gas to get to work. You know, just something, anything. And then the middle box, uh, well, let me go to box C. Box C represents where we want to be. We want to be box C, which is full of good food, good fruit that we can give to people. That's where we give our love away. That's where we have an abundance. Galatians 5.22, you'll know them by the fruits they bear. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness and self-control, and that's where we want to be in, in box C, where we, we have this abundance of fruit because we've overcame some things, and box B, which is in the middle, had some good fruit and it had some bad fruit, and I believe that's where most of us get stuck, because part of us wants to bear fruit in the world, and part of us wants to bear fruit in the church, and we get stuck there, and once we get past box B and move on to box C, am I making sense, or am I just, yes? Y'all can scream at me. We want to be where we can, we can give fruit away. We want to be where people can see the works that we have and love people through some things and not have to browbeat them with the Bible. And literally, Pastor, when Sandy went and got Pastor's Bible, she didn't get the right one. She brought his 15-pound Schofield he always talks about. I've seen it. It's real. Did he not? <laughs> that thing is huge. But you know what? It's been through some things. He let me have a sneak peek into some of the notes. What a special moment that was. Um, we don't have to beat people up with Scripture. We don't have to beat them up with Scripture. We're, we're not the ones that they have to answer to. And all that is just a bunch of noise. Clanging simple, resounding brass. And if I have the faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. And I immediately started thinking about Elijah when he had the prophets of Baal. And he said, hey, y'all pour all this water and on these 
offerings and whichever God can bring fire from heaven and light these fires on is the God that we're going to serve. And so, and they were over there and they were calling and cutting themselves. And Elijah said, hey, I don't, he might be sleeping. Yell, scream louder for your gods. It's in the Bible, I promise you. So they started screaming louder. And so Elijah says, your God is sleeping, cry louder. And so he had faith. And he said, and he called fire down from heaven, and it consumed not only the sacrifice, but all the prophets of Baal. If we have that kind of faith, that we could look at this mountain and say, be cast into the ocean, and it'll be cast in the ocean, but we can't come and love somebody, that means nothing to anybody. I don't care how big your faith is when I'm starving. I don't care how big your, your house or, or how many blessings you have in your life when I'm sitting here hungry or, or somebody in my family's sick. And if I give all I possess to the poor and give, my, give over my body to hardship, the New King James says, give my body to be burned, or the King James says, give my body to be burned. You know, you can make all the sacrifices you want. You can come into church every Sunday and scream at the top of your lungs about Jesus Christ and give all your money, give everything you got. You know, God doesn't want your money. He wants your obedience. Okay, can we stop that argument finally? I get tired of hearing it. It's not about your money. It's about being obedient. That's what he wants. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. Your, your $150 ain't going to break or make the church. He wants you to be obedient. Okay? And also be obedient in love. And why do we give? Because we love. And if I was able to sacrifice my life, here's where I struggle with that. We have, we have nations, we have Christians all across this world, all across this globe, standing up and saying, I will die for you, Jesus. I will die for you, Jesus. Send me, send me, send me. And Jesus is standing there on Mount Zion screaming, I don't want you to die for me. I want you to live for me. Where's the people that are living for Jesus? Where's the people that are living for Jesus? And how do we live for Christ? We live through love. We live through love. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no man than this, than a man lay down his life for his friend. And yes, that means sometimes it me might mean it costs you your life. But I think more so it means that you give up of your time, that you give up of your resources, that you give up of your friendship. But we've been con conditioned that we can't do that now. We've been conditioned that everybody's going to hurt us. Everybody's going to harm us. He doesn't want us to die for him. He's already done that. He just wants us to live. Can we live for Jesus? Can we put down childish things and pick up our cross and follow him? And this one right here, love is patient. That's why I got this big old Bible this morning because my other Bible didn't say that. And it said love is, um, love suffers long, and it means the same thing, but I just like how it says in the NIV that love is patient. What is patient love? What is patient love? Uh, you know, I used to think, see people coming in and see how they act on the weekend and, and see how they're hardcore in the world, and I would say, you know, Lord, I ain't got time for them. When they get right, I'll spend time with them. When they get right, I'll come and pray with them. And I used to think that because they were living in the world, there was no hope. And so one day I said, Lord, how, show me how I can reach these people. Show me how I can pray with these guys. You know, I know they're, they're not living the way you want them to live. 
And you know what he told me? Go look in the mirror. And that's how you're going to reach them. Be patient with them. We have to be patient with new believers. We have to be patient with the believers that are in the box A, that there's nothing in there. They're struggling. They're unchurched. They need help. They need somebody to say, Danny, you know, I'm, I'm struggling. Can you, just, can you just pray with me? You know, and it ain't always about material things. Sometimes we just need an ear. I know more often than not when I have people call me, it's, they just want to talk. And I just put it on speakerphone and I'll put it by my head and I'll just sit there. Sometimes for 20 minutes. My dad was patient with me when he didn't need to be. And I always go back to him. And it's such a great example of how men who are in box C help men and women who are in box A. And it's patience. It's a process. Love is patient. Love is patient. When your kid goes in there and grabs a bag of gummy worms and you tell him, don't eat it, and he opens it anyways, yeah, you tear his butt up, but you also got to show patience. They're learning. They've got to understand that, that daddy's given rules, just like new believers. We have to be patient with them to understand that daddy God has put rules in a book that he expects us to follow, and if we don't teach them, who's going to teach them? You know? Love is kind. Always, when I think about love is kind, I always think about my wife. My wife has this uh, most beautiful heart of anybody I've ever seen. She has this ability to look past somebody and their flaws and with unconditional love just reach out and love them. And I've always thought about that. And it's kindness. It's kindness that I don't care what you've been through, I'm going to love you. And I've learned that from watching my wife with all the things that we've been through from dating. You know, when she told me if I got into one more fight, we were done <laughs> back when we were dating. She loved me through that with her kindness. And love does not envy. And this is a, one that I've struggled with so hard in my life because we always, we tend to put conditions on love, do we not? We tend to gravitate and love towards people who do what we want them to do. And sometimes that's not always the way we need to do things. We always want to love people. As long as you're doing what I think you should be doing, Danny, I'm going to love you. But as soon as you don't, I'm out. I ain't got time for this. We got souls to win. We got a church to run, you know? And we get in that, that uh, and we get boasted, and, and we, get, we build up this envy, and where we don't want to love people, we, we get jealous, especially at work right now. We're going through some things where they're bringing in all these millennials. Look, the millennials have a place in this world. I just haven't figured it out yet, okay? But there is a place for them, okay? God is a call in their life. Yeah, you can shout whenever. I love my millennials, but they have these, they're bringing in the, these college graduates from, at work right now, and they have no experience, and they're putting them in positions over men who's been 10, 20, 30 years, Brian knows, in the field. I mean, when you walk in the office now, it looks like a college dorm, does it not? All the, and they've moved all the seasoned guys upstairs, and so now we're having to answer 
to these millennials. And it's, and it's crazy because we want to get envy and we want to get bitterness. And we'll say, I'm not going to listen to you. I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah, and, and it's kind of that way in the church. When people in the church get into positions that other people feel like is theirs, what happens? What happens? The devil comes in and has a, a heyday. And this is not, this is every church in America is fighting this. Every church in America is fighting this. Every job in America is fighting this. Look, I always say this to Daryl, and I always say that what the devil can't conquer, he will confuse. What he can't conquer, he will confuse. If he can't conquer us and get the body fighting, he's going to confuse us. Amen? It is not, does not envy. It does not boast. If you do something for somebody out of the love of your heart, don't put it on Facebook and say, hey, I just gave Brother Tim $200 because he's struggling and he needs help. Look, I understand that. Don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, okay? Let, let, let that be done in silence. Let that be done in privacy. How do you think it feels when you, somebody's struggling and they need help, and we help them, and the next thing we know, everybody's talking about it? How do you think it makes that person on the receiving end feel? It's embarrassing. You know, we all have struggles. We all have things that we need help with every once in a while in our life. And that doesn't give us the right to go around and tell everybody because what you're doing is you're just acting just like the Pharisees like when they would go pray they'd beat their chest they'd ring bells and they'd let everybody know what they were doing and, and God Jesus says you that is your reward so you'll get a reward for your goodness but it's going to be praise for men and not a reward from the Lord it does not boast every time me and my wife do things and, and that's what I love so much about our church. I know some things about all y'all. Y'all may not think I do, but I know some things. And y'all are the most givingest people I've ever met in my life. I mean it. I say that all the time. But if we could just, you know how you got these little cloud bubbles on characters that shop up above your head? You would be amazed at how much y'all give that nobody knows about. The Lord knows about it. So give yourself a praise for that because that comes from love that God has given you. Love is not self-seeking. It records no wrongs. I had a, uh, a struggle with that with my real dad. Being absent in my life, never being a father, and I wanted to love him, but I kept going back over the records of the bad things that, never, that he would never do for us. He never wanted to be part of our life. He never was there to take me and teach me how to play t-ball. He was never there to tell me happy birthday. He was never to say, you know, I'm proud of you, son. And there's many kids right now that are going through the same thing. But it bothered me. And I hated, and I hated him for a long time for that. And I would, every time I thought I would get close to my dad or I wanted to get close to my dad, I would start replaying. You know, I got, we all have that little screen in our mind when we come up to a certain person, they did this, they did that, they did this. And then, then what we do is we talk ourselves out of being free from some bitterness and some anger that we've been holding on for, for many years. And I had to do that. And I, and I think Danny did a, gave a message on uh, forgiveness one time in a men's group. And it was after that message a couple years ago that I went to 
my dad, my real dad, not Charlie Goodson, the one I call dad, but I went to my real dad and I told him, hey, you know what? I'm sorry. Please forgive me for being angry and for being bitter. And I've released some things. You know, there's still some battles there, but you know what? I'm not keeping, it, I'm not keeping the recordings of his wrongs anymore because God doesn't keep the recordings of my wrongs. Amen. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Love always protects. It always trusts. It always hopes. It always perseveres. Love never fails. You know, there was a time a couple months ago where this woman got sucked halfway out of the airplane. You remember that story? And she died. Well, after that happened, I kept having these thoughts. And I know it wasn't true. I know it was just an imagination. But I just kept having these reoccurring thoughts of my son being sucked out the window and me jumping out to save him. And one of the reasons I know it wasn't true because I'm not fitting through a window on an airplane. Okay? Just so we're clear. But I kept asking God, I said, like, Lord, why do I keep thinking these stupid thoughts? And he said, this is just an example. And in these thoughts, I would jump out this window and I'd get to my son and I'd hold him. And I would embrace him. And I would just tell him it's going to be okay. It's going to hurt for a second, but we're going to be okay. And I kept asking God, why, why do I keep having these thoughts? And he said, because that's how I love you. That I would jump out of the plane without a parachute. And I would come and grab you. And he did that in a sense when he went to the cross. I don't think we fully understand God's, the, the, the level of God's love when he went to the cross. Every, every time he, he got a, a stripe across the back, he got it for you, but also for people that he knew would never accept him. And we always think about God's love, and we think about how he loves us, but we don't really pay a whole lot of attention to, to the brokenhearted, to the ones that are hurting, the ones that are going through some things, that we're supposed to be an example, that we're supposed to copy love as Jesus is love. And love never fails. And I can tell you, from my time here at Light Christian Center, the love that our pastor has for our flock, for his flock, and his, the, the men and women through all these years that it, he, God has put under his authority and his umbrella of authority, he loves. And he's never failed. He fights. He's been up here preaching sick. He's been up here running fever, preaching with family issues, with church issues, with ACs not working. That's love. That is love. And just for the record, I want this to go out to all the airways. He's got many, many more years of preaching under his belt, okay? I want to get to the last part of this. It says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. So when I first became a Christian, I was box A, okay? And those were childish things. I didn't understand the word. I didn't know the word. I didn't want to hear the word. All I knew was I was lost. And those were the childish ways. And as I matured into Christ, it wasn't because God just said, okay, you're just going to start maturing. It took people, the Dannys and the Charlies, and the, and, to come along and say, let me help you mature. See, that's also love. That's also love when you love people enough that you're going to spend and waste your time 
to love them through something and disciple them. That's a hard, you know, imagine what Jesus felt as he was being nailed to the cross and he looked out and only one disciple was there. Imagine the pain that he felt. All the, the time he spent, three years with these guys, training them, bringing them up, teaching them what was going to happen. And we do that too. I've got disciples in my life that God said, look, you're going to have to fast over this one. No exaggeration. And we, have, we all have people in our life that God has placed in our life. For what reason? To love them through some things. To disciple them. To help them get from box A just to even get to box B. I mean, they may not bear the full fruit of Galatians 5.22, but they're bearing more than they did in box A. Right? And that's where we're trying to get them. But it takes us as men and women to come in and disciple people. And that's where we get from love to obedience. That's where we get from the box of A of love and get into the place that we can start bearing fruit, which is what we're supposed to be teaching people. And then ultimately, get them off of the milk of the word and get them into the meat. And I always believe that once you get to box C, where you're bearing so much fruit, don't become so heavenly minded, you're no earthly good. I always, pastor said that so many times. Don't get so wrapped up in the scripture where you feel like you got to call everybody out. That's not our job. Can we get past that already? Can we just come and join hands like we did this morning during prayer and worship and just love each other, you know? And we need to put childish things behind me. In verse 13, 13 says, And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. When, when, with love comes two other words to mind that I just I can never shake away. Every time I hear love, I hear grace, and I hear mercy. I hear grace, and I hear mercy. And I think about the grace that God has showed on me when I was being silly and making bad mistakes. Doesn't, shouldn't I show the same grace to somebody else? Shouldn't I show the same mercy, the same forgiveness when people hurt me and they, and they say things that ain't true and they take stuff from you? Should we not show grace? You know, we, thought, we think grace is a New Testament concept, but really it's not. Grace started way back in Genesis when Adam and Eve sinned. And instead of God saying, you know what? All right, I made a mistake. We'll just hit the, you know, unplug the Nintendo, let it reset and plug it back in, and we'll start again and get all three new lives, right? Anybody else used to do that besides me? Instead of hitting the restart, he had grace enough to let him live. And he had mercy enough to provide for him. And that's where we need to be with, with the people that are in our life. And that's where we need to be. And I want to talk about John 3.16 for just a moment. It said that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And what I like about that scripture is just about everybody in the world knows it. But do we know what it really means that God so loved, that God so loved, that's like an action word. It's something that he gave away the world and when the world is everybody I know he loved me. I know he loves Elizabeth and Emily. But he also loves people that don't love him. And that's hard for us to grab, is it not? 
Shouldn't we love people that don't love us too? Can't we be the, the men and women that Christ says we need to be? The good Samaritan? It doesn't matter if, if we're the same color. You know what I'm saying? I, I, the, my message on, on that, on racism, is it doesn't matter. We're Christians. We're all covered in red. So we all look the same. So let's get that behind us. Don't let it rear its ugly head in the church. Remember, what Satan can't conquer, he'll, he'll divide. And that's what he's trying to do. But God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And that sacrifice, God sacrificed something that he cherished the most, which was his son. And I think we should be able to sacrifice some things in our life for other people as well. Y'all are going to hear me preach the same message over and over for the rest of my life. But it's going to be in a different way with a different verse and a different story. And that message is going to be grace. That message is going to be love. And that message is going to be mercy. Because all those things we've all experienced, but yet when it comes to passing it on to other people, we tend to close up our checkbooks. We tend to drive past somebody who's broke down in a car wash with a busted battery. We just tend to keep going because I don't have time. I don't have time. And I had that attitude yesterday, yesterday morning. When I got up, I knew what God was telling me to do. And I said, you know, I don't know, Lord. It's a long way to Galveston. You know, I really don't even like the guy. He's done some bad things to my family. You know, some, some, some nasty things. I said, I just, I don't know. Let me call Daryl and see if he wants to go. So I called Daryl, and he was having some study sessions with with the mayor's wife about math, and I said, okay, Lord, he's busy. And then Daryl said, hey, you give me 30 minutes. So I said, okay, well, now we got to go. You know, now we got to go. And so I went and picked up Daryl. We drove all the way to Galveston. And we went in and sat down and talked to this guy that I've never liked my entire life from a kid couldn't stand him, couldn't even stand looking at him. And when he was always in and out of my mom and dad's house when we were kids, I wanted to hurt him. And I sat down on the bed and I said, Ronnie, I come to make sure you're saved. I come to make sure you know where you're going to spend eternity. Because I realize as a Christian that it doesn't matter what I feel in the flesh, that people's spiritual destination should be the most important thing. And if we can look past the hate and the bitterness and the anger that we carry around with us so much, could you imagine if we loved like Jesus loved? Every seat in here would be full. We'd be having three services, three days a week. It's because of love. And I asked him, and Daryl gave him some words of advice, and then we prayed. And you know what he said? Before we prayed... He said, I know I'm going to heaven because I'm a good person. I, I, honestly, I about fell off the bed when he said that because I know absolutely not true. I'm not even exaggerating. And I'm not going to go into detail, but there was not a stitch of good in this boy. And I asked him about Jesus. And asked him if he knew who Jesus was. And asked him if he knew, wanted to have assurance that he was going to go to heaven. And he said, yeah. And we prayed. Me and Daryl and Ronnie 
for him to ask Jesus to be a savior. And I walked out of there with this freedom that said I'm no longer bound. Jesus said, you don't have to be bound up by people that has hurt you. You don't have to be bound up by people that have said things bad about you. Just love people through it. Can we love? Can we love? So I know without a doubt, when he dies, he has terminal cancer, where he's going to stand. And I'm so sure of that, I told him, wait for me, and I'll see you at the gates. And that was hard. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to tell you the message I sent Pastor about it, but it was, uh, it was tough. But I always, I always remi- am reminded of the prodigal son. You know how the, the dad just ran out and just embraced the boy, the wayward son, when he had run off and done all these bad things. And I think about how Charlie embraced me when I come back to church. And he just said, I love you, son. And I walked in these doors. He said, I've been praying for you. I really have. And pastor confirmed it. (laughs) And the next thing out of his mouth was, can you preach on Wednesday? I said, okay. And y'all remember them days? I had 500 pages of notes. And that's how I did it. And that's why I didn't bring any notes today. I didn't want it to speak from my heart. I will use notes. But I think about God loving me. There were so many times in my life where nobody deserved to love me. We can all go all the way back to youth camp, can't we, Samantha? Just acting fools. Nobody wanted me around. Nobody wanted to talk to me. Nobody wanted me at their house. That's how bad I was. But God said, I love you. He said, I will love you. Does God love you today? Do you know that he loves you? above everything? Do you know there's nothing you could do? There's neither nothing you could do to separate you from the love of God? And I can testify to that because I tried. I tried. And I know I'm not the only one. If you ever get a chance to listen to Danny's testimony and really listen to it, it'll change your life. Danny's been through some things. And he loves the Lord with all of his heart. And that's how we got to fight as men and women. Let's look past ourselves. Can we do that? Can we extend the hand? You know, when James and uh, Peter and John, when they were going into the temple, there was a guy laying down. He was begging for money. And you know what he said? Silver and gold have I none, but what I have I give you in the name of Jesus. Rise up and walk. And what's the first thing Peter did? He reached his hand down. And that's how we love. We reach beyond ourselves. We reach beyond the hate. We reach beyond the bitterness. We reach beyond the racism. I don't care if you're a Democrat. I don't care if you're a Republican. That doesn't matter because God is in control of all of it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, we have a right to vote. You go and vote your conscience. But I'm not going to hate you if you voted for her. I'm not going to hate you if you voted for Donald Trump. Does it matter when it comes to love? Can I love you because of who you are? Can't you love me because of who I am? Can we close our eyes this morning? I know in my life there were so many times where I had been hurt by other people. I know there were so many times where 
family members have really hurt me and said some bad things about me. And I carried around this, this box of hatred and bitterness. And really, if you think about John chapter 4, that, that jug that she was carrying to the well was really symbolic of everything that everybody says she was. Bitterness, there was anger. Why do I have to be poor, Father? Why does my wife have to be sick? Why does my pastor have to be sick? Why does my son got to have all these allergies? How come I can't keep my car running for longer than a week? You know, we just carry all these burdens around. Don't you get tired of carrying them? If you, if you summarize all your, each burden is a backpack. How many backpacks can you really care, carry before you fall? And we carry around this stuff all day, all night. We go to bed and we get up and carrying these same things. Today I'm going to ask you to love God and Jesus enough that you're going to let it go. That you're going to take what you've been carrying. You're going to take the hurts that other people have put on you. And you're just going to take it to the cross because it's already been paid for. I don't think we grasp that. We don't have to carry these things around anymore where you felt unloved, where somebody has really pained you and just grab it into your hand and just give it to the Lord. Let the Lord take that away from you because there's so much fruit in your life that wants to come forth, but it's being blocked by the bitterness and the anger. Just release it. That's what we want to be. We all want to be united. We want to be thriving for Jesus Christ. We don't want to just be existing and getting up to the same roadblock every time of hate and anger and feeling unloved. Release it, and let's get on past it. Let's get on to box C, where everything we do is producing fruit that we can give away, that people can feed off of, the love Father, release that out of us. As we release it to you, Father, we pray that you would give us a newness in our spirit, Father God, a new hope, a new song, Father God, a new dance, Lord, that we can go to the people, to our fathers, to our mothers, our children, and say, you, you have hurt me, but I forgive you. Maybe you don't know the love of Christ. Maybe you've never experienced that. Maybe you want to. It's the most wonderful thing that I've ever done in my life was allow Jesus to love me and love him back. So I would ask this morning, with nobody looking around, do you know Jesus as your Savior? Have you asked him to be your Lord and Savior? And have you experienced the love, unconditional love, If you have not, would you raise your hand? Just raise your hand. Today is the day of salvation. We never like to close a service without giving an opportunity for you to ask Jesus to be your Savior. So, Father, we thank you this morning that everybody in here is saved. We thank you, Father, that what you have done on the cross allows us to be the men and women you have called us to be. I pray as we go out of here today, Father, that our light will shine so bright, Lord Jesus, and that we can love people right where they're at, Father, 
that we'll quit trying to bring people up to a level that we think they need to be and just love them in the, the muck and the mire that they're in. Help us to love like you love, unconditional. Help us to stop putting limits on how we love people, Lord, because you didn't limit how you loved us. Father, we praise you. Lord, we give you glory and honor. Father, we love you. As we leave out of here today, we receive your blessings. We receive your protection. We receive your, receive your hedge of protection over our family, over our children, Father God. We know that you have made us the head and not the tail, that we're above and not beneath, Father God, that we stand on every promise that you've given us, Father God. And I pray that you would put into our hearts love, mercy, and grace. And let us live that, Father God. Let us practice that with our actions and our emotions. Let us use our resources to love people, Father, so that we can fill your house, not for numbers, but for lost souls. And we praise you this morning. Hey, this is Pastor Paul Golden. Thank you for joining us today. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe, rate it, and review. Also, you can help us to reach others by investing today at lightchristiancenter.com slash give. Thank you for joining us on LCC's podcast. God bless you and have a great day.